0: Yeah, how is anybody doing? anything wonder. We One of these days, we're gonna do something live, and hopefully, we we'll
1: get a bunch of chat responses. Uh, how is everyone? How, how is you gotta, everyone? You 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 gotta be careful with that. You got because. Oh uh, yeah, it's funny you say that because I was working a show the other day, and uh, it, it, this this dude just gave me this flashback of from high school. And uh, I was, hey, how you doing, man? Because when you go on the uh, wrestling shows, you, you shake everyone's hand, you say hello, and. And, uh, hey, how you doing? Like, oh man, I don't know if you're in the group chat, but my brother tried to stab me <laughs> and, and, uh, I lost my job, and I'm like, I felt really bad for the guy, but, like, it made me think of, like, old Coach Delaney from, uh, high school who was teaching health, who was, uh, telling us about different types of personality, and he had this, uh, uh, example of, uh, you ever, like, imagine just going outside, you're in an apartment, apartment complex, you're going to throw the trash, and you bump into your neighbor, and he's throwing the trash too, and you're like, hey, how you doing? And, you know, there's the type of personality. I'll be like, I'm good. How you doing? <laughs> and then, you know, that's the end of the story. And then and then you'll get the other type of personality. Oh, man, things aren't going too good right now. My wife left me. My dog died. Car broke down. Uh, yeah, you don't – he was like, you don't want to be that. <laughs> like,
0: don't be do that. A, I've got an issue in <clears throat> that anytime anybody asks me how I'm doing, I actually answer, but I don't go into that much detail.
1: Yeah. It's just and, like,
0: uh, I'm, I I'm all right. Like, I'm – yeah, you know. You know, given the way things have been going, today's okay or uh you know, I just uh, I don't know what to tell you. I never I can never just BS my way through that that little greeting and it it kind of sucks.
1: I am not trying to disrespect the guy cuz I definitely wish the best for him, but it was one of those like, okay, that's a lot of course right uh, uh, right away. <laughs> um yeah. but yeah, like things are good right now. Uh it's 2020, things are good. I just I, I my one of my favorite letters is nine. So it's like I, I miss it being 2019 because I love Nine Inch Nails. It's so stupid. Jeez. But uh, but we're going to record some Star Trek tonight. Uh, simulcast. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you because
0: you're getting you're getting through the sixth season of Next Generation. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw out some questions about it, about some of the episodes, and I'll probably have to give you a primer on them because I know you don't know them like I know them. Um Let's see, uh you know, yeah, this season starts with time zero, part two, and uh, we need to, we owe everybody a a recording of that. We had major issues when we were recording that, and yep. there was some kind of a recording problem in addition to uh, my personal level of fatigue, so I'd like to give that one another go sometime. Um, we were just talking about realm of fear. Where Barclay had transporter phobia. Did you? How did you feel about that episode?
1: I love any Barclay episode. Like it makes me extremely happy just seeing Dwight Schultz and the the issues that they always tackle with him. Just mental health wise. And I'm not saying that everything needs to be about some social injustice or some social problem that's you know in the spotlight right now, which mental health is. Which is not a bad thing, but. They they definitely touch on it, but at the same time though, it's not overly preachy. It's like he he's got problems, but he's always working on it. It's always a yeah. It's always something that's mm. in development. The dude I was telling you about that I, I work with, that that big dude, that the older guy that I've actually been able to hold my own with, uh-huh. was talk We were talking about Barclay. and I was like, you know, the one thing that I am really because uh, just real quick, I've got like two weeks to finish. Uh, the entire TNG because that's going to come up to the year I had actually marked on my calendar that I was going to watch the entire series in a year, and uh, I was mentioning to him like how you know excited we you and I are for to watch Picard, and how sad I am to, because we were talking about Riker and you know he's like you know that uh, we were talking about Ronnie Cox you know just constantly questioning yep. him and he's well you know if he's so good you know how come he hasn't had his own ship yet you know he's turned it down twice. I'm like, why? Why wouldn't he turn it down? If 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 it's there's the a flagship, it's it, well, yeah. It's not just that. It, it's <clears throat> obviously the flagship. But and I, I brought up a, a, a concept to him that he'd never thought of before, which was how many times in your life have you ever been in a perfect ecosystem where oh, everyone God, yeah. everyone is working at their highest capacity. At all times, and even when something happens, when Troy, get, Troy gets possessed and you know freaks out, causes a lot of trouble, that they, these they're not mad at her afterwards. They you know that they're extremely yeah, exactly. supportive. And and my reasoning was, of course, he wouldn't leave. Um, obviously, yes, the flagship, but at the same time, though, when when in your own personal life have you ever been able to maintain so many relationships at such a high functioning, uh, um, you know, manner with? Oh, for real. So, so many people that you care about, and they care about you equally. And, like, even, like, the, the, the D and C listers of, of the ship, I like those guys. I mean, like, you always point out, like, random uh, ensigns that are in this episode. And I love that. And and that's why he oh, doesn't well. go. He, that's he
0: doesn't, reading into it a bit, but you're I get where you're going. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is reading a little bit. But um, that's why I'm, I'm a little bit in already pre-morning for it to end, because I, I don't know if I haven't ever watched that much Star Trek other than TNG and the movies, and I'm worried that they're not going to be able to capture that ever again.
0: Um, I, that's an interesting point. Some of the things you're saying, I want to comment on reading into things a little bit. When you Please. think about the – because they, they barely touch on some of the positions and what their function is, uh, and also some of the stuff that you really get when you, when you, when you read a Star Trek novel. I don't know how many of uh, our listeners have ever read any of the Star Trek novels or if you've read one or a bunch of them. I've read m- multiple handfuls of TNG novels. And it, at a certain point, you look at it and you're like, God, how many adventures can these poor people have? They already spent, you know, an, an, seven seasons and all these movies worth of death-defying, daring do. But then they've got all this craziness going on in novels. But you get these amazing points like – The captain is in charge of the mission and the ship, while Commander Riker is in charge of the crew. He's the XO. That's why that makes sense. And then you get, like, what is it that Data's doing? Well, he's still a department head. So you got to think about the entire operations division on the Starship functioning under his leadership. And then you also think about, like, all of that stuff. Data, Troy, or Data, uh, Geordi. you go back to the first season and there were multiple chief engineers and finally Jordy was put into that position to be the chief engineer and what happened to to uh, all of those other characters? I almost had them off the top of my head but they just rotated it. You never knew if you were going to see any of those guys again. Uh, Argyle, I remember him being one of them and then there was a, a lady, Hildebrand, I think. But um, Actually, she might have been a transporter chief but uh, the point I'm making is that you're on the flagship, and you've got the only sentient android in Starfleet. You've got the only Klingon in Starfleet. That's enormous to be able to work in that environment and see the epitome of what can be done there. And then it's like, furthermore, reading into it, when you're on the flagship, Starfleet already only takes the best of the best of whatever planet these people come from. Have to offer, Yeah exactly and then they're put on the flagship so these people are representing the federation not just starfleet but also starfleet these are the elite of the entire nation of the federation and the entire organization of starfleet and so and that might also be the case when you think about the original series Or whatever went down with the Enterprise B and what we know happened to the Enterprise C. But those were different times. The next generation is an age of exploration. And yes, there's political and diplomatic circumstances going on. But this isn't the five-year missions. This is, hey, we finally have a ship class that almost never needs to come back home. And yet they're constantly stopping at one star base after the next. Checking in, doing crew rotations, whatever. So it leads me to wonder, like, when you've got the other supposed 12 Galaxy-class ships, the same question. What are their mission profiles and their parameters? And, like, where are they going and what are they exploring? Or are they just showing up and they're saber-rattling a little bit to keep the Cardassians on the edge of their seat or, you know, patrolling the neutral zone? Because it can't all be Miranda-class ships and Excelsior-class ships. They you can't. have to have these, these heavy hitters, but the idea that you could send the Enterprise off into the unknown, which they're constantly skirting it, getting into trouble, and then coming back home to report their findings. I just wish that we could get, like, you know, Voyager gets whisked away to the other side of the galaxy, to the true unknown to them, as does the Enterprise way back in Q-Who. But... Uh, like, an ex- like, an, like uh, a Galaxy-class ship would always have been better suited to put up with that. And it's just one of those things. I don't know. This is all reading into it. I totally agree with you. Why would Riker want to leave? He's in exactly the best possible place. Absolutely. And a- a- I don't want <clears throat> to... People, this is the craziness, is that I know what's going to happen with him, and I know what it's going to take for him to get off and do what he needs to do, and, it, you know, is he ever going to become captain? I know that. A lot of our listeners know that. But you don't know, and I know you probably read uh, ahead, have you?
1: I have not. I've actually been... Oh, like, my I, gosh. I, I'm usually a spoiler dude. Like, like right before... Like, I knew all the spoilers for Star Wars before I walked into um, uh, Rise yeah. of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, ready to hate this movie, and it was great. Uh, which is never happens, but... Uh, uh, I, I get what you're saying, and, and I love that you understand my point of view on that, because <clears throat> it, 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 honestly, it's it. I, I'm t- telling you my point of view as if I was Riker. Uh, yeah, I, eventually I'm going to be able to get my own ship, or they already offered me two, no big deal, I'm going to get one no matter what. However, yeah. I'm in a perfect environment right now, it's something that almost never happens whether with your family or your small circle of friends or your band uh if if, if that yeah. if that somehow makes sense that that metaphor why 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 fuck it up and leave because the the best of the best is happening with this crew um you might god it you might be able to like branch out and do your your side gig but what really matters, like you know, when I pointed out, like you know, there's tool in a perfect circle, perfect circle did pretty well. Um, but they fizzled out, tool still kicking ass. Like, you you really there can't you mess, you really can't still mess with that sort of thing. <coughs> uh, me. the dude from work, he was he was laughing at me because uh, he was asking me just random questions because he was trying, you know, he nerd dick measuring shit, and um,
0: <laughs> and
1: he he brought up like uh, the he was talking about how the new Picard trailer showing that we may or may not be pretty friendly with Romulans. And I'm like, I'll never trust a fucking Romulan in my life. Never. (laughs) Like, there is nothing you can say or do that will make me trust a Romulan. And he's like, you know who you sound like, right? And I'm like, "Uh, probably not. And he's like, did you ever see the very first episode where Sarek uh, was actually playing, uh, well, uh, the actor who played Sarek. uh, Right, Mark Mm
0: Lennard. Yeah,
1: he mentioned a character in that episode that was just, like, so knocked down, drag out, like, old school uh, survived this war and this war, and we'll never trust the Romulan. I'm like, yeah, same for the Cardassians. Right? And he, he was like, they're the perfect enemy. Like they're they're the the perf- Romulans are fantastic. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. I and think the Cardassians are better because they're way more humanized.
1: That's what he said. You-, Look, you, you misunderstood. Oh. He, he he. The perfect enemy was the Cardassians, not Romulans.
0: Oh, okay, got you.
1: I mean, when you go back and look at
0: all of the stuff that the Romulans do for petty reasons instead of nationalistic reasons, despite the fact that they're nationalists. And then you go in and you, you get into, like, Damar is my favorite Star Trek, Star Trek character. Damar, really? Yeah, uh, from from Deep Space Nine. He was uh, he was Gul Dukat's uh, Glynn. That's a lower-ranking Cardassian officer. We never really get too far into what these titles are, and then even more recently, there's a new book by Andy Robinson who portrays Garak on Deep Space Nine, and uh, apparently he's the Castalian of the Cardassian Empire, which I guess is the highest-ranking person in government, or he gets nominated, or I don't know what. I'm compelled to read it, because the best Star Trek novel I ever read was A Stitch in Time by Andy Robinson. Uh, Just phenomenal. Uh, detailing Garak's life before Deep Space Nine and how he got into the trouble he got in. But, like, you look at Damar, who is memorialized in that book because he had had a story arc. You know how we always talk about uh, Johnny Lawrence from The Karate Kid and why he's my favorite character because he has this... He has so much to overcome... And in that last moment, you're all right, LaRusso. That is the same type of thing that Damar does. He really? goes from somebody you, who's just a nut, like, who cares? And, like, that's just another another Cardassian with a line in the show. And that's a Cardassian who, oh, wait a minute. That's that Cardassian that was working for Damar or for D- Dukat last time. And then, uh, wow, they're making a thing out of this guy. Like, he's got, he's an engineer and he's got some leadership qualities and apparently he's a petty jerk, but he's also like, he's got a motivation. They just built and built and built this secondary character. That is the appeal of deep space nine. If you're a next generation fan and you're like, Oh, I love the core cast members and like, Oh yeah. I like lower decks. And they had those, those, uh, you know, Ensigns and lieutenants And stuff like that And that was cool And then you like Barkley Who's not a main character Or Ensign Rowe And you love what they did With them And you're like I wonder why they didn't Do more of that Well Deep Space Nine Is lousy with it Like in the best way possible All the secondary characters Are absolutely Entertaining And have full story arcs Even Damar And Damar Damar's Whole like The end of his story is amazing. just And that's the thing. Like, even when you're talking about Barkley, Barkley's going to reappear in Voyager. Oh, that and, makes me happy. Which, oh, dude, I watched, uh, I watched one of the episodes today. Or I had it on while I was having coffee this morning, anyways. And um, yeah, it's just stuff like that. The secondary characters can get pulled back in in all of these different places, and that's what I want to see out of Picard. I really hope some of those secondary guys get pulled in for the fun of it. Uh, but g- Picard is going to spoil the bejesus out of this. So you've either got... Yeah, you do got to finish the series. It's going to be rough for you to do that and watch watch these four movies. But uh, I, I think I've, it's totally worth it.
1: I've got a question for you. Actually, I actually got two questions for you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just, a, just a quick answer. How do you feel about secondary characters in regards to how they make people feel about themselves? And w- the, the way I'm going <clears> to <throat> preface it is, like, when I watch Harry Potter... Uh, you know, in my mind, it's like I'm a Slytherin and, you know, the good guys are always, you know, the, the Gryffindors. And I, when I meet people that are hardcore Potter fans and they're like, no, I'm totally Hufflepuff. And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, why the hell would you want to be Hufflepuff? Like, all those guys suck. <laughs> but like, uh, but uh, then I think about like how, um, if, I, if I, my memory serves me correctly, that uh, uh, Luna was uh, Ravenclaw. I and love Luna. Yeah, oh my yeah, God. Th- that she was Ravenclaw, <coughs> and then I, I start thinking about yeah. how, yeah, there's some ca- there's some people that you're not. I, I, I I'm wondering if you feel the same way because I'm I guess I'm like it's a statement and a question. Do you feel the same way that secondary characters, even though they might not be the the Riker, or the or the main hero, are just as important and make people feel good about themselves? That you know, just because you're not, you know, the quarterback. Um, well. You're, you're, I
0: I get what you're saying. When you think about the dynamic between the the cast on this show and uh, Barkley and Roe, separate (laughs) them, draw a line between them, because when Roddenberry got the opportunity to get this show off the ground, he said, no, these guys are the best of the best their family, they would never bicker, they would never argue with one another, they would never... Now, you know, they tried to do a little bit of that bickery stuff because they needed to recreate the dynamic between Kirk, Spock, and McCoy in the second season during the writer's strike with uh, adding Diana Meldour as Dr. Pulaski to have a character that was like, I'm a little bit prejudiced to this concept of there being an artificial life form. You know, like, how could you possibly be sentient and whatever else? That's just not the future Roddenberry was going for. And it worked, but then it didn't work, and they got rid of her, and they brought back Beverly. Well, Dr. Crusher, as it were. So the thing being, trying to create – when you have the best of the best on the flagship, there should be no personal – interpersonal difficulties Except when there's an occasional little culture clash with the Klingon or maybe there's a moment where Data is like, why have you not included me into the command when I am obviously awesome? OK, you're going to command a starship, that kind of stuff. It's, it when you look at that, draw the line because you have Barkley and Roe, a gigantic breath of fresh air for the series where Roe comes in and she's like, I didn't come out of your perfect Utopia. I didn't come out of your like beautiful replicator, uh pruned garden, uh perfect uh weather, you know, con- humidity controlled worlds everywhere. I came from an occupied refugee camp with these Nazis who were kicking us around because we were artistic and they were militaristic, you know. And it's just like so her joinings her her being in Starfleet And becoming a member of the Enterprise crew and then seeing Riker react to her like that. It's a big deal to have somebody that throws the dice at these guys and then to have Barkley. You've got a show full of people who are basically perfect and don't make major mistakes. But, you, but if you can't tell all those stories you talked about all the time, where it's a political situation or, a, a, or like a mystery to, for them to solve or a scientific circumstance they need to deal with, then the opportunity to show we need somebody that has human foibles, 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 foibles. I did that when we recorded the other night, too. Uh, and that's Barclay. How We need to be able to focus in on the dynamic of what could happen to somebody Who doesn't have their entire act together? And the only time you can ever do that to the to the main cast is by taking something away from them. Worf can't be a Klingon now because he's paralyzed, or Troy can't be a Betazoid anymore or a counselor because she isn't empath an empath any longer. Which still a terrible episode because it just you know now uh, a mess.
1: No, well, well, I agree. It's just that can the
0: cast be awesome if they're children? you know what i mean that's what we're talking about sorry
1: no it's a it's a a great way to challenge the writers it's a great way to challenge the the fans i i i I get such a a good feeling when i'm at a comic con or or any any environment where there's people in some sort of cosplay when they're not dressed as spider-man they're dressed as like a third (laughs) secondary character that they just love so with all their heart with all all their heart and and then uh yeah uh second question Mm-hmm. When, uh, the second X-Files movie came out, I want to believe, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right before it was like, it was like a month before the movie came out. I was at Best Buy just, uh, that's how long ago it was. I was actually at a fucking Best Buy, <laughs> um, like, like buying a CD or something like that. And I saw that, uh, they had a, like a $6, uh, you were DVD. buying a CD too. Y- yeah, exactly. What was that 2008, uh, 2007. Um, <sighs> Yeah, that's when that came out. Um, They had a DVD for the X-Files, which was called the X-Files Revelations. I mean, what the hell is this? And it just says, a central guide to the X-Files movie. It was like $6. And, um the 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 great part about it was six dollars worth every penny, whether or not it, it prepared fans, uh, whether they hadn't you know needed to. Oh, d- to, it's a
0: primer. Yeah, Got it, you it,
1: it, exactly. It was it was exactly that it was it, it, It's for fans that needed to dust some cobwebs off their uh, uh, memory about why the X Files is important and why. Uh, this movie has anything to do with something that you'd care about other than a cash grab. And then also for someone that is just getting into the X-Files that doesn't want to walk into the movie feeling like a dummy, you know, like, you know, you're 98% of this, this crowd is, knows everything about the X-Files. You don't just casually like the X-Files. That, that just doesn't happen. You either liked it or you didn't. And, you know, it, it, was, it was a primer for that. Exactly. That's a great way to do it. And it contained six episodes. It had uh, Beyond the Sea, uh, The Pilot, The Host, which is the fluke man, uh, the, the Flukeman one, uh, Clyde Bruckman's yes. Final Repose, The Memento Mori, Postmodern Prometheus, uh, which is the, one of my favorite episodes. It's the black and white one, that sh- and the, the mom should have been played by uh, Roseanne, but they couldn't do that. And it was pretty much, uh, well, it, you got to watch that one. That was a great one. Uh, Bad Blood. Um, which was a uh, one of the oh, yeah. more uh, hilarious <laughs> episode, and Milagro, and it every every one of those episodes had a theme and something to do. Not everyone had every episode had something to do with the I Want to Believe, but it 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 set the tone right, so you'd understand why when Scully freaks out about. Want, not wanting to chase monsters in the dark anymore you would get a good idea why as opposed yeah. to if you'd watch them all and then you're like fully immersed um it it helps get to that full immersion part uh my question to you is is if you could pick six episodes <laughs> off the top to of primer your for picard to, to, to primer for picard whether if one of your picks wow. is, is a movie um yeah definitely and 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 just to, to help you out here so from what i've seen so far uh, in in the in the previews, one thing uh, you you set me right the other day was hey Inter- Inter- uh, Enterprise D like, it's back and you're like no no it's not and then also you we our theory that <laughs> that the girl Picard is trying to save is actually a Borg queen. Uh, another thing is that you you see Data in the in the in the teasers and I read the other day that one of the the um. God, I'm spacing. I'm getting. When I get excited, I get all spacey. One of the stipulations for Brent Spiner to come back was that they would not ruin the ending of, of, of Nemesis.
0: Oh, dude! Awesome! Well, well, really, they would, really they, good. They would not. Yeah, ruin because them. I hate the Countdown comics because they essentially uh, made it way too
1: easy. Okay, all right, all right, don't don't get off track. I'm trying to trying to you know make the uh, fertile ground for your yeah. mind to, to tell me these uh, primer episodes. Um, also, looks like the Romulans are reverse engineering Borg technology. Uh, we've got Riker. We've got Troy. We don't know what they're doing, but obviously they have some sort of counseling aspect to Picard about, about something he's about to do. And um, that's all I kind of can remember from okay. like, the, the preview. So, so this, is, that- this
0: is my, my – I'll
1: give you six concepts
0: here. Okay, cool. And I can name, name episodes and everything. This is a great thing. Uh, this is a lot of fun. So, but I can't tell you anything without spoiling it. So.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, then, then don't uh, spoil then it. I would J- say. Just tell me the episodes. You would have, to make all of this make sense,
0: uh, near as I can tell, my suggestions would be to watch
1: um, Season 7, TNG, Descent Parts 1 and 2. Okay, Descent part 1 and 2. Hold on, let me write these down. Hold on. He caught me off guard I was like no wait, this has to be in the post all right so season what season seven descent parts one and two of next gen that's right okay
0: um you would definitely have to have have to watch uh Star Trek first contact okay you would have to watch Star Trek nemesis I might even go so far, even though it is... You know what? Yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to say you have to watch 2009's Star Trek from J.J. Abrams with the with the uh, other cast portraying TOS-era characters. And that has mainly to do with Spock's involvement. Okay. Because I think that the Romulan situation in Picard has a ton to do with that and Nemesis in particular.
1: What about I, Borg?
0: Oh, great, great point. Except that Descent will probably take care of that.
1: Okay, okay, so I'm removing it from the list. Okay. You know what? I would
0: I would stick it in there because the Borg individuality concept is so critical there. Okay, what about anything to do with uh, Seven of Nine? I would probably suggest watching Scorpion Parts 1 and 2 from Voyager. Anything else? You could go with Unimatrix uh, Zero numbers 1 and 2 from Voyager or even Endgame from Voyager would go a long way. Now, I know that's a huge list. So if you were sitting here and you were like, okay, what's the Brent Spiner angle? You need... Descent and Nemesis in particular. If you're trying to figure out the Borg Queen thing, you need First Contact, and you need either Scorpion 1 and 2, Unimatrix Zero One 1 and 2, or Endgame from Voyager. Hold on.
1: Okay.
0: And kay. Um, if you're trying to figure out the Riker-Troy angle, it's got to be Nemesis. It's all Nemesis.
1: All right. it'll be on the post. This will go out on yeah. Friday. Yeah.
0: Too true, though. You know, I mean,
1: Trekkers. Help, help, help me say it's it. so much. That's a huge <laughs> primer. Yeah, but even then, like you, I mean, it's okay. So X Files isn't exactly <laughs> Star Trek. So uh, you you can get the tone from six seven episodes yeah uh, in, in regards I to just it. threw out like
0: six feature length episodes and films you know that 's a ton of material if that 's what you yeah, want to watch between now and thursday
1: it's it's worth it and especially if you you want know, someone wants a primer I like that you you, you used that word that was way maybe it's a than great word to,
0: yeah thank, um, uh, did you say that or did I say that
1: you, you said that you said that for yeah. sure um, I, I was going to use introduction um but even then guys if uh just before I forget. That it's, it's X-Files Revelations. It's like $4 off of eBay right now. Um, I've got like two of them in case the, the first one messed up that I always watch. Cause it's just, it's nice to have those episodes. <laughs> um, I'll see what we can do about having some links or something like that on, uh, on the post for Friday, um, for people that are trying to catch up to Picard. And uh, I'm, I'm still confused about how to watch this. Is this going to actually be on CBS or only on CBS all access? That kind of seems like, no, like a of No, it's just a subscriber surface. Yeah, that seems like a lot of bullshit to me to just buy CBS. Hey, you know what? And, I don't think it is. Uh, well, for Star you, Trek, it's worth it,
0: but well, it, there's um, that, but that's just one it, thing. It's Star Trek and it's worth it, but let me tell you, when you think about... Uh, years ago, I remember when they were talking about Discovery is going to be on a streaming service, and that was the only way you were going to be able to see it, until or if it came out on DVD. Well... All of these people were in an uproar. You're going to make me pay to watch Star Trek? Well, guys, I, like I saw, I saw a uh, a a, car, a comic, a cartoon about that. Somebody freaking out about all that stuff and in the back, like, oh, you're going to make me pay to watch Star Trek? And in the background, they have an Enterprise model and a costume on a mannequin, and they've got toys, Star Trek toys, all over the place, and they've got a Batleth on the wall and. Whatever, It's like you're already paying for Star Trek. Like if you're paying for Netflix, you're kind of paying for Star Trek. If you're paying for Hulu, you're kind of paying for Star Trek. If you've got toys and game cards and trading cards and costumes and tribbles and anything, phasers, tricorders, props, costumes, it doesn't matter. You have paid for Star Trek. Quit your bitching. Pay for the streaming service and enjoy it. It's gonna be awesome. It's Patrick freaking Stewart, and I guarantee they wouldn't have got Brent Spiner to come back if if If. Patrick Stewart hadn't been involved. Yeah, they would not have got you. What what would we be getting? You know, would Jerry Ryan come back for some Star Trek? Yeah, that's a hell of a paycheck right there. If uh, would uh, would Riker would uh, would I mean Jonathan Frakes he directed the episode if I'm not mistaken, and simultaneously was terrified to act. He had... It's, it's been 20 years since, since 2002. I remember having... I remember the girlfriend I had back then when we went to see ago. that movie. And everything is different now. Like, everything is different since then. That's a huge amount of time. It is yeah, astonishing that these guys came back together to deliver us new 24th or 25th century content.
1: Do you think that this um, puts Picard ahead of Shatner? of uh, Kirk, sorry. Because um, because his character merits an entire series on his return? I, I honestly don't oh, think if of, Shatner, all the, of all the people... Shatner would come back. <clears throat> Oh yeah, he would come back I and mean, for whatever price he asked, but would it be would it be as meaningful as Picard returning? And uh, you know, the, the I remember that weird Al song, the only question I ever thought was hard was if I like <laughs> yeah. Kirk or do I like Picard? Um which White is a an, Yeah, it's 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 actually a it's actually a dilemma for people. Um do you think that this in any way puts him ahead that he his return for a full series based on him named after him makes him a better captain? He is, un- uh, I, 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 hey, controversy.
0: Everybody, you let me know, please. We can discuss this. We can argue it. We can just have a good time with it because this is all for a good time, one way or the other. No matter what we're doing, and no matter what we're talking about. I think unquestionably, Captain Picard is the better captain, because yeah, for, yeah. This is an that's an interesting point. For this reason. Yes, for this reason, sure, because it is a—we have two multi-generational story arcs, because whatever you want to say about the original series, you have all of those feature films. Okay. And you've got to think about—and you get the same thing for Next Generation, but they only had the four movies, and that's probably because there was franchise fatigue and many other issues. You know, how much do you want to spend on movies while you've got all of these TV series in production? I think it's tragic that we didn't get a Deep Space Nine movie that uh, reveals the answers to the pa rates and the, uh, the, uh, um, the thing that happened with um, the Bajoran emissary, and I'm not spoiling anything by saying it that way. Uh, <clears throat> I don't need a movie from Voyager. Um, I, I think Enterprise, coming to c- the conclusion it came to, was just drastically awful, and that show needed, needed to get us into the first Romulan war. The Earth-Romulan War, and we're stuck with just the novels. So, because I, I don't care what anybody says, I absolutely adore Jonathan Archer as a character. I love the Enterprise crew. So, when you look at the original series, all of these characters, all of these series, all of these stories are a product of their specific time place in the timeline. Not necessarily the 60s, not the 90s, not now, but the 22 the 22nd century the 23rd century the 24th century these are individually specific mutually exclusive time periods that give us an opportunity to explore how things can be different principally how do you piss off the klingons that bad how do you how do you how do you make friends with them how do you take an implacable enemy like the romulans and possibly turn them into an ally how do you how do you take the Borg and defang them? Well, you throw Captain Janeway against them again and again and again and again. I mean, but of course, after Patrick Stewart hit him. So it's like, not to mention the rest of the crew, for that matter, Data in particular. And it's like, yeah, these characters all come from their time periods. Captain Kirk, unquestionably, the single... Great, he's the George Washington of Star Trek. Period. Okay. Captain Picard is probably the Abraham Lincoln, and that's that. I mean, when you look at it, who's the best president? The president who has never had a precedent set forth to be president, or the president who saved the union? You know, I mean, that's what you know. Why are these people on our on our money? If there was money in the 24th century, I guarantee you, Kirk would be all over it. Spock would be on it. Sarek would be on it. Who else? You know? Definitely. In Picard's own lifetime, they might grace him with putting him on the 10 or something like that. You know, It's just a staggering feat of accomplishment to do the stuff that he did. How many times did he save the galaxy? How many times did he save the Federation? How many times did he save time? How many times did he...
1: Or a friend that he really could have ignored.
0: Totally. Totally. How many peace deals did he broker? Just a legendary figure. A living <clears throat> legend. They all are. All of these characters. And we're talking about a future timeline that does not exist. But Picard... In our time... Is somebody that you can aspire to be without any sense of ever feeling antagonized by
1: the PC culture we're in, because huh. you can't look at Kirk the same way. You really can't. Like you really can't. And like that's one of the things that really differentiates differentiates him from Picard is that Picard wasn't trying to get laid all the time, and that 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 might that's not me trying to be funny. That's me really pointing out. Like that's like a, a, a the, one of the first things I think about with with Kirk is him making out with hot alien chicks. Okay, that's cool. I mean, why not? Um, But at the same time, though, uh, when it comes to a true leader, they show reservation, they show restraint, they show uh, purpose, they show drive. And if (coughs) Picard had that, that odd okay he might be getting laid right now or hooking up with someone like that would kind of ruin it like 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 <laughs> like, like 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 the old guy in the club you know the the 50 year old guy that's trying to that's just dyed his hair and he's wearing a, a shirt he just got at Gadzooks. At and that's that's how old i am <laughs> <laughs> that's how old i am like uh you know he got one of those like uh polyester uh flame uh club shirts and he's thinking he's gonna go and buy someone a, a drink and have some fun. <laughs> that's, that's no there, no there. Um, the fact that that sort of thing isn't there, that he, that he has control and discipline is what really attracts me to that man. And, and as, as a, if, the if I was a follower. priorities. yeah, exactly. You're not going to find him like, well, where's Picard? Well, he's, no, uh, you know we don't want to. We don't want to say that's never yeah, going to happen. He he, he he put a tie on the door. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's never going to happen. But let's let's get into it, man. Let's uh, let's take a yeah. quick break and uh, let's uh, let's start our simulcast. This is great.
0: Okay, hey, so yeah, we decided we took a break there for a second because we have a pretty long intro. We we don't usually do that, but we got carried away and we were thinking about a particular episode and then decided. Because the Picard conversation was so awesome, um, and we're so excited about the conversation as much as we are about watching the episode, that we would uh, circumvent what we were going to do and jump to a different thing. That doesn't mean that what you were getting ready to watch as presented in your click links or whatever uh, is the, is not the one we're talking about now. We, we were going to do something different. Now we're going to do Tapestry, season six, episode 15. It's this is a killer episode. Joshua has never seen this episode, it's like three ahead, yeah, three ahead from where I am right now. We like to, you know, I I watch it without, you know, I might have rewatched this recently or whatever, it just happened to be on or something like that. BBC America is constantly cranking TNG, Uh, and usually Joshua's seen these episodes at least once and then the fresh perspective. So there might be a little bit more um quiet space here as he's trying to get a perspective on what's going on in things uh, so yeah um <clears> tapestry <throat> it is a i think it's one of the classics of tng i think it's one of the ones that shows us uh man i don't want to spoil it i'll tell you what i think afterwards let's get into it are you ready
1: i'm ready we've got it up okay. on we've got it up on netflix guys uh yep. not again like i say every time it's way better on on netflix way more high def Yeah, I'm going to be watching
0: this with uh, a low sound quality because we don't want to get into any kind of broadcast restrictions or problems like that. We're not here for you to uh, actually watch this episode for the first time, despite the fact that Joshua's doing it. Uh, You'll get a lot more with the show sound effects and ambience and score. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm sorry if any of that comes through. Please don't shut us down. We're going to start... On uh, triple zeros in three, two, one, engage.
1: I don't know why, but I always love watching her put her jacket on.
0: I know, yeah. It's a really good busy thing for her to do, and it's one of those things that suggests that she wasn't just ready to do this. Uh, Principally, my my favorite thing about this moment is that... she mentioned Dr. Salar, who we haven't seen in seasons. So, they were down on a uh, what diplomatic... What the hell? Yeah, they were down on a diplomatic conversation with somebody, and stuff went went bad. Uh,
1: you know something's wrong when Riker's hair is uncoiffed. <laughs> yeah. He's got that... Ah, there's a... Oh, what
0: is his name? Is it Thunderheart? I can't think of that character's name. But, uh... Might be Martinez. He might be Martinez. Oh, the cortical stimulators. They use those variously throughout the series.
1: Is there anything a medical tricorder
0: can't do? Probably engineering? I don't know. Uh... (laughs) I don't know why you need a special sensor when all the other tricorders do the job without one.
1: Is it true that the uh medical tricorder the toy is like almost impossible to find? I don't know that. I'll check eBay here
0: in a little while. Here you go, buddy. Now you are you getting this with the, the sound? You're hearing this right. Yeah. Aren't you? Okay. Oh. Oh my. Okay. You didn't know this was coming.
1: No. What an honor! Did you have to be such an asshole about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at first I'm like, "What an honor!" and then it's like, "Oh, hey, guess what? You're dead, you dumb some bitch." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, man. Yeah, I, I did watch the uh, Q episode of Voyager. What? Well, there's several, and. Um, uh, it was the one that introduced his son to the series. And um, unfortunately, we never get to see that that kid again. I don't know if he's acted in anything else or done anything else. Whatever. So, yeah, like I said, uh, Captain Picard injured and went into a cardiac arrest. Now, if you recall, in Season 2, uh, Dr. Pulaski showed up to help take care of a heart transplant. He needed a new... He needed a replacement for his artificial heart. This episode is going to detail how he got that thing in the first place. Let alone other amazing things. I do quite recall some of the characters, when we get into some of these uh, sequences here in a minute, you're going to know the ones I'm talking about uh, We definitely had some of these performers costumes because they're not the typical 24th century Starfleet uniforms Uh, when I was doing the auction, that is, and uh, trying to put those things together into something that was not piecemeal was a little bit difficult. I feel like I almost want to live stream some of this stuff at some point. I'd love to see what other people are asking about these things.
1: <clears throat> his <laughs> <laughs> His powers extend to the afterlife, or or no, this is still in his head. This has got to still be in his head. I'm not saying anything. There's no way.
0: <laughs> good lines not so badly I, designed perfect this <laughs> is it the only time we see a performer functioning as his father that's kind of awesome doesn't he look the role he really does what good casting Isn't this ridiculous? Even the idea that your father would appear in the afterlife and give you a hard time about your decisions. (laughs) He's still disappointing. I mean, I know Picard is not a young man, but it's not like he's wasted his life. Yeah. He's done, even if he didn't have any of the life.
1: It's not Worf and Alexander. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, right?
0: That's a rough thing. I wonder, though, you know, after... You know, there's Tasha Yar, of course, and then there's... Um Oh, Wesley Crusher's dad. I can't suddenly think of his name. But uh I mean, god, yeah, there's got to be somebody he regrets his actions being involved with killing. <coughs> However, that's the staple of Picard, that's the resilience of his person and his character that he doesn't dwell in regret.
1: Was that unfortunate spaghetti stand on his shirt?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was getting ready to perform at the uh, 8 Mile or whatever. I don't know what that <laughs> Terrible joke. There's young Picard. Is that his bar fight? Yeah. Nausikens.
1: Nice. That kind of looks like a young Brett Cullen. Oh, damn.
0: Nosikins are never, never good guys. We definitely had gag versions of that knife, and we had, uh, I think we had metal ones that were very chrome, and then we had um, molded foam rubber versions for stunts. I seem to recall having the knife hilt. Getting to the point where I have a really hard time remembering... Every little thing about the auction it was three and a half years almost if not I think it was it was over ten years ago now it it finished and it would have been ten years ago in twenty nineteen now Joshua, do you recall do you recognize that uniform at all?
1: Uh, that is from, uh, the, the, uh, the one where they go to San Francisco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. These are feature films era uniforms, but they are early 24th century iterations of them. Cause you'll note, I hope that you can't see the sleeves very well popping out through the uniform jacket cuffs. And also they have like some kind of t-shirt on instead of the uh, trapunto-style stitching in the collars for their division shirts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Now, the, the background ones did not have the cool chain stitched in. You're catching it in the glistening?
1: Yeah, it's also not the same fabric.
0: Oh yeah, the back, yeah the background performer ones. It it's pretty. It it was kind even, of the same even, even
1: his. It, it looks more tweed.
0: I'm not really entirely certain what that fabric was now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is he just keeping his mind alive while they while they work on him? That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> do you think Q actually has to do anything to help? No, but at the same time, though, he's keeping... Well, yeah, he could wave his hand and Picard could be magically alive, but I think he wants to watch uh, the the crew save his body while he keeps the mind alive and have some fun with Picard because he really does consider him his best fucking friend (laughs) (laughs) stands a chance I'm not going to tell you
0: I mean it's not beyond Q for sure it definitely happened in this Voyager episode to a certain degree ooh nice chess
1: set that is a gorgeous chess set hmm I wonder if those are glass or acrylic pieces. Those got to be acrylic. There's no way they'd make those out of glass. They'd be used too much. It it didn't have the cling of a glass. (laughs) That's
0: that's post-production After Effects. You can't trust any sounds you hear in a show except for the voices. Okay. And even then, a lot of times... Like, I had the movie Memphis Belle on last night, and I thought to myself... You know, I've watched this since I started working in the film industry, and, like, they are wearing oxygen masks through most of the movie. The, the ADR, the sound, the, the uh, recording of the voices after the movie was complete must have taken everybody at least a couple of weeks to get through it all. These are better terms that Hugh gives him then he gets then uh, Picard gets uh later in the series starbase ahart so you see the rank on his on his uh sleeve matches the rank on his Uh, Shoulder strap. Right. So he's an ensign. And, um... (laughs) Ensign Picard. (laughs) God, at least they kept the belt and they... Which is so disappointing when you see... Them slowly moving away from this style of costume. They change something about it every year. It's just never better than that Horatio Hornblower... Star Trek 2 and Star Trek 6 in particular for these uniforms and because when you when you see them like in flashbacks and dream sequences and stuff they just lose so much by not having the collar or not having the belt or whatever <clears throat> transitioning into that first season TNG style spandex jumpsuit Penny? <laughs> Penny. I gotta say, if there are episodes that I've watched and watched and watched and rewatched, it's, somehow or another, this one is high on that list. For whatever reason. And I, honestly, I think it's mainly the character building aspect of it, you know? I agree. Yeah.
1: Yep. I gotta go take care of some business. This completely oh, look co- at this
0: place. Oh, time for this, a fight. This does not look like a Federation bar on a Federation starbase to me. But, whatever. <clears throat> it's it's the blue note No Oklahoma City. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's foggy enough for it. Probably vapey enough.
1: <laughs> vapey? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's always fun in the uh, in the films. Like when you see Star Trek three or uh, Star Trek five in particular, or their bar sequences in those movies that are so full of
1: aliens doing strange hookahs and whatnot and terrible hair.
0: It's definitely weird hair. Yeah. So
1: he's here to not get stabbed in the heart
0: in this bar right now. No, he's there because he had a date with her, and now. I feel as though he definitely went and got together with her originally, but that would have been Picard the Picard that was 24 or 23 or whatever.
1: <laughs> Never had a drink thrown in my face before.
0: <laughs> I threw a drink in someone's face once. <laughs> Oh, this this episode spawns tons of obnoxious, uh, tons of of of, uh, of lines, tons of people saying the Nosakan line repeatedly. Oh, look a Soleil. Do you see that, that cobra-headed alien in the back? Yeah. On the left now. They were in so first a- uh, the first like three or four episodes of uh, of TNG.
1: It's Space Bumper Pool.
0: (laughs) It pretty much is. It's called Dom Jot. Now, these guys with the head tails show up in Deep Space Nine repeatedly. Always as background characters. Yeah.
1: That guy's gotta be like an Eric Stoltz like body double and like literally
0: everything. <laughs> I used to see him and stuff all the time. Play Dom Jot, Human. Human play Dom Jot. So everybody says that all the time whenever they uh I don't know, it's just one of those things that Star Trek fans picked up on because of this episode and <laughs> Now, this guy, Corbin, he, if I'm not mistaken, in one of the Section 31 novels is kind of a bad guy. Like, he makes some, I don't know if, I I don't feel like I finished that book. I feel like, uh, I feel like he made some poor life decisions, even being a Starfleet officer. Because it happens, obviously, all those admirals being jerks. Sorry for the pouring sound. I am uh, reheating my tea, everybody. Really? (laughs) This is Q... I think this... This might be the best Q episode with the most Q screen time. Um I don't want to tell you what episode is probably the best possible Q episode but uh we'll get into it sometime He's got the best quips in this episode, too.
1: Space Bumper Pool. I wonder if that guy's a wrestler. He's huge.
0: I think they usually cast football players... Now I know later in Voyager when they have uh, the Hirogen, they were casting mainly football players for them, despite the fact that those costumes were enormous molded foam rubber on neoprene, just huge. I think this is an unfortunate, uh, missed opportunity to have some kind of motion going on in the window outside. Maybe have some kind of lighted tram scoop by or something. I don't know. Anything. But you don't want to detract from what the actors are doing. You never want to do that. I guess when you think about space station type scenes in movies and television, look into the difference in production value. This episode already cost plenty. You know, this isn't what they'd call a bottle episode. Obviously, they had to build this set. Nothing about this set can look like what we're used to seeing on the Enterprise. Agreed. There are right angles everywhere. Then plus, this kind of like
1: plus you have to slave stuff. over uh, you got to slave over sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you um, no, no, you no. got to slave over like their own personal possessions Because so that's something important like the the small trinkets that they keep oh yeah yeah totally knickknacks for sure
0: so you're looking at all this stuff and what they'd have to do to build these sets and then all of the special effects makeup for all of those aliens and I guarantee those weren't one offs. One or two of those masks probably came off of the performer who wore it the first time, and then they were like, yeah, we're going to stick this on the guy again to see if we can reuse it so we don't have to do a whole cast. Unless we're going to call in the actor who played it before because it was molded specifically for that person's face. So that's a big deal. But, you know, there was no cost incurred. There was a little bit of tailoring probably to make these uniforms look perfect on them and fit right. I think they look awful. You don't like them? No. <laughs> that was my brother's favorite line <laughs> in all of Star Trek. He thought that was the funniest. John Luck Pickard? You don't like these uniforms.
1: What's the deal? Uh, Why? I don't know. I just, there, there's a hokiness. Like, they've got the X Men type belt. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I have one of those belt buckles space UPS
0: <laughs> I have one of those Starfleet badges also he, he, he's completely forgotten that he's dead <laughs> or dying oh good point he has totally not not made any giant issue out of that since then huh he's just stuck in the moment you're totally right. I don't think I've ever seen it from that perspective.
1: And Q's doing what. succeeding in what he's wanting to do. You know why I know that? Is because he's not pissed off. <laughs> I know that Q is succeeding in what he wants to do because he's not pissed off or annoyed. He's having fun. Oh, yeah. He's impish. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, the point that I
0: was making a little bit ago about space stations, go back and look at like, you know, you watch Deep Space Nine, you look at look at this, you look at a lot of space stations. Think about a space station uh, or a star base that you would see in one of the feature films or like Total Recall or something like that. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's always so much more. And it's pretty much because of production value, the amount of money That you've got the budget to make it look like what you want it to look like. So there's all they've already done so much. They do a really great job here. It's just it's not going to have that feature film quality. Even when you look at Ten Forward in the regular series, okay, you know it's it's clear, it's spacious, but then when you get to Ten Forward in Star Trek Generations. It's like, geez, what is going on? That is the most crowded I've ever seen that place. And then you get the added benefit of there being a star right outside the ship, so you've got that nice, warm, orange glow blasting everybody in there. But it looks like there's some kind of giant party, you
1: know? It's just, just total difference. This is a TV budget versus a film budget. I don't like watching Picard getting put in his place. Don't like it.
0: It's different, you know, the, this Captain Picard, Captain Picard doesn't get put in his place because he has his act together. He, this is Ensign Picard, who clearly doesn't. And despite the fact that we're watching Captain Picard, he still has to operate like an Ensign because he doesn't have the decades worth of uh, experience for people to respect. These people respect him because they're his friends and they have, they have their shared experiences. But he doesn't have the austerity of being the captain of the Enterprise or the former captain of the Stargazer or whatever he did that was awesome when he was a commander and a lieutenant, you know? She notices it though. Obviously, we're watching it.
1: God, she's so familiar.
0: I can't think of ever having seen her anywhere else. And I usually look up Star Trek actors and, and see what uh, what else they've been in. She makes me think of uh, the the gal that played um, Deathstrike, Lady Deathstrike in X-Men 2,
1: X-Men United. Totally not her. Yeah, but she definitely has the uh, appearance of it. I can see what you're saying. Yeah. It's something
0: about <clears throat> the distance between her eyes. She has widely spaced eyes, and then she just has that color palette, especially with the dark hair and everything. Speaking of other Patrick Stewart properties.
1: Oh, nice. <clears throat> this, this is like the perfect episode to put me in my place after like, yeah, Picard's not trying to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby.
0: That is a tiny bed, though. That is definitely a one-cadet bed. A lot of greens in that room. I wonder which character is taking care of all of those plants. Do you think you did the right thing coming in there and kissing her on the forehead? I do
1: because you you still gotta give her that attention, but at the same time though it was it was a warning like you're not gonna like what I'm about to hear but i i I still respect you
0: i i I don't know I mean I feel like. Well, he knows that he's in a situation where nothing he does is going to change the future. So he could get away with anything, but his captain's era restraint is keeping him from doing anything that is authentically untoward. This was totally a reciprocated, consensually motivated, romantic moment. I think it's just unfortunate that she's changed her mind. I don't know why she wouldn't just be rolling with the, you know, hey, we're going to go on our assignments and everything, and I really hope we get together one day. Like, you know, something like that. I don't know why she went so hard on... We're all leaving tomorrow, and we gotta call it quits. You know. I feel like I've thrown more than one drink in more than one person's face. Corbin's drinking out of a Klingon tankard. Who <laughs> man play dom jot? Oh, call me chicken. Exactly.
1: <laughs> you the non-securant no bar.
0: Garumba. they've got Gurumba. The card, the can show up as bad guys in the Enterprise series. It's really quite something. Uh, it's one of these wack, crazy things that makes it. If, if, you know, if they show up all the time, all that time back in the past, then, uh, or whatever you consider, you never know. Whatever episode you happen to be watching, it is whatever it is. The Nausikens showing up in the 22nd century, they were space pirates back then. And Starfleet has definitely overwhelmed their territory, like creating law and order through all this region of space. Thus, the Nausikens can't act like them. Oh, here you go. Picard stopped the, the knife fight. Interesting. I think it's going to get more interesting for you. Look at his rank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It definitely, if I were Q, would have let him wonder about this a while longer. Interesting. And I don't even know why he would have been stationed on the Enterprise. He's got to be a pretty good lieutenant junior grade astrophysics
1: officer, you know? Agreed. And that just goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, it's the best of the best. Yeah.
0: You really try.
1: You really try. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but <laughs> punctual's the best I can
0: do. <laughs> you have <laughs> never Beautiful. missed you've got never it. missed a day of school. Jonathan Frakes, seriously, what a good moment. That that expression was perfect. He's got them baby blues. Yeah, the underlighting of these tables do a lot of fascinating stuff for these performers.
1: Yeah, if I was looking at this from a painter's point of view, there's like eight different uh, places of light, and every every bit of it accentuates just the right things.
0: Well, the underlighting is suggested unless we see it as a practical light, and it clearly is because I can see it under his thumb there, but it's not... Blasting. It's diffused. So, what we're seeing in the instances of these over the shoulder shots is we are still seeing light shot in from a side angle, especially on Riker. Every one of these shots, these camera positions, this is complicated work. This is complicated cinematography. It's complicated lighting, I think. This is all. Wow, It's relit for every new camera position.
1: Yeah, but what he's saying here, just, I don't stand out.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: What's, what's Q's game here for this?
0: You'll, oh, do, you'll know. You'll know it in the end. You'll find out.
1: Go back to your If corners. you'll
0: figure it out. This is the image on the game card that I really appreciated for Lieutenant Junior Grade... Lieutenant Picard. Uh-oh. I would definitely have... I wished, I almost wish they'd done something different. Because while Picard was completely respectful there, he still had to be subservient to Geordi, who sh- he should be by all means... Happy to be working for.
1: Here we go. You're goddamn right. (laughs) Ha ha ha
0: This is making me wonder if I'm not doing enough with my
1: life. It's making me feel better, actually. It's doing the opposite <laughs> because I was the hothead. Yeah. And I still know I can be as good as him because of everything I've been through. It, it helps me understand people better. It helps me communicate better. beautiful. I get it now.
0: Awesome. I like that pull away. That was a cool that was a good camera work. It's not so much the camera work, that's the operator doing their job. That was a good decision on the part of the director Agreed. and the uh the production or the di- the director of photography. Boom. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. <clears throat> Look at this. This is some beautiful original series style uh fight Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the blocks are really nice. The kicks really work. It's those those ridiculous like hand clasped throws like that. Like you, they, you're just gonna mess your hands up doing that, unless yeah, those, you wrap wrap one hand around the other. Those but you're still gonna dick is. up your, your net your thumbs doing it. Sorry, what?
1: Yeah, Ooh. those 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 double punches. Ooh. Yeah, you can't just hit someone like that. You're going to break your fingers.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Awesome.
1: Johnny. You just ate a massive space sloppy joe.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that this microfiber he's laying on, there's that streak next to him on the left, yeah where someone ran their fingers down it or something. It's still there. Nobody messed that up in the uh and so in continuity that's very helpful. I get okay, it. Okay, this is the crux here for you, man.
1: Hell no. Not with Q. It's not a trick using the wrong word can you imagine how full of delight Riker is right now that Picard is sharing this with him right
0: now oh i I thought this episode ended with counsellor Troy I couldn't remember
1: i mean the 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 fact that Picard John Luke is being John Luke not not Captain Picard and, and opening up that is a mm-hmm. big deal
0: well it makes more sense to me that he would talk to Riker because Riker is a guy that's on the command path
1: right but, but even then uh, but like w- without the training the guy that's gonna be better than you without him having to kill you Sith wise uh the the <laughs> the matter of respect and camaraderie that he he's confiding in him and and Ricard, look at Ric- and and, and <laughs> Ricard, like <laughs> dummy, uh, <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> Riker, uh, knowing exactly what to say. Uh huh.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. I really love that uh, Riker is a seasoned professional officer and. You know he's destined to be a captain, one way or the other. He's destined to be something big, but he's... Yeah, that's what I want to know. I'm going to stop it before we go to the next episode. Yeah, me too. I want to know what happens in that command. Oh my goodness, the next episode has Deep Space Nine in it. All Um, right. I gotta shut off the uh, Netflix because okay. it wants to start advertising stuff to us right away that we don't want to talk about.
1: Without without getting too far into it, uh, I I feel like this was Q just helping Picard feel better about where he is and who he is as a person, and he picked the the strangest moment to do it. it that's right. It is the strangest moment because there's no like
0: they could have done a. A cold open featuring Picard wondering about his youth or second-guessing a decision he made or something. But instead, they just dropped us right into an action moment and revealed the circumstances and went right into the plot concept. It's a very good cold open, but it's a little jarring... Because there's so much story to tell, right? But the, uh, in but, the
1: episode, but I like that you said that. As as a writer, um, he picked the exactly what I said. He picked an odd moment, but it's a perfect moment. His absolute most vulnerable moment ever. He's, oh yeah, he, he's good, dying. Good point. But but also he they as the writers made us feel. Jarred, Just like you said, like, like, wait a minute, what, what's happening here? Like they dro- dropped us in the action and made us feel exactly what we needed to feel in order to completely dispose of any sense of reality in, in like, you know, our day to day lives and just completely immersed um, within the within the within the story. Like all we cared about was knowing that he was going to be OK, because at first you're like, OK, what just happened? But then like that doesn't matter. What matters is something different there's there's bigger things at hand and what a great episode and what a great pick for understanding picard i like you're um i don't know what i'm in store for because i haven't seen nemesis yet um but at the same time though i feel like when he has to go to certain places uh, that this episode is absolutely going to help me understand why he's making his decisions uh, which is precisely why i asked you your your list of episodes or movies that we need to watch in order to fully immerse ourselves in Picard. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: yeah, man. Absolutely. I'm glad to... That was just such a such a fun game to play. People uh, people ask me stuff like that a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> I always have an answer, I guess, you know? You do? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's totally rad. That was a great... That It's a great episode. It's awesome to see a character that we have so much uh attention put into and knocked down so far and then how does it, he still dealt with it properly
1: um, but this was the first time i've ever trusted q uh
0: yeah i feel like he's a little bit more i i i would love to see a captain character who would be so excited to see Q. Oh, my God, Q, you came back. It's so great to
1: see you. I would hate you know, that. Not, I, would, I would hate <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I mean, just like somebody who's... Not somebody who's going to outwit Q, necessarily. Right. But somebody who's going to be like, I know you're here. You're going to try to do some crazy antics, but it's just like to be graced in the presence of something so powerful. Like, take us someplace. Show us something fascinating that will change our entire Species concept of it,
1: what it is. In your concept, you know? I, I can see your excitement in that, but I just, mm-hmm. I, but I, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. But Q would never, ever posture or, or or show up a second time to anyone that would geek out every time he showed up. Like that. Yeah, that's true. The, the Q, Q would never do that. Like w- once the, the they fanboy out on Q, he'd be like, "No, nah, I gotta find someone that can challenge me," because I I, <laughs> I I think that's one of the reasons why he continues to keep coming. Uh, back to Picard specifically is because Picard is a human that can actually challenge him uh, on an intellectual level, um, whether or not they put that chessboard there uh, on purpose or not, or if it's just a random prop. But they can play, and Picard has a a solid shot, despite the fact that he doesn't have omnipotent power like Q does, at at outwitting this man, or or god, or, or entity, I guess that's the best way to say it.
0: Yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's definitely a non corp. Well, yeah, he's a corporeal entity, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I always appreciate that you know their first contact with Q is in the first episode of the series, and he persists in the twenty fourth century, which is not to say that Q doesn't exist preceding this or the Q continuum for that matter. We never saw them in the original series. Then they did not bring Q into Enterprise, and I hope they don't bring Q into Discovery. You know, they they constantly cross the uh, continuity lines by, oh, we're insinuating the Ferengi into this 22nd century episode, but nobody ever hears them be called by that name, so how would anybody know? Or something like the Borg or something like that. It's just like every time you dick up, The continuity—that's what pisses off the fans, and I'm not talking about the fanboys. I'm talking about anyone who cares about the the franchise more than the producers clearly do. Oh well, they'll watch because we stuck John Delancey in this episode. Well, you'll have him play somebody else. They'll watch because Brent Spiner was in the episode. Was he playing Data? No, he was, oh man, when they did that on Enterprise, it was actually awesome. It made a load of sense. And, uh, they found a way to explain some really incredible stuff. And, but you know, without it being a, without it being messy. So I'm just glad they haven't screwed up the Q continuum by throwing him in Discovery and whatever else for that matter. But I know John Delancey feels like it's, something he can't really do anymore because he's like, I I'm trying to play an ageless entity and clearly we're yeah. seeing Brent Spiner show up as data and there's, I'm going to say he probably Age. weighs a little bit. He looks, he looks <laughs> yeah. older. It's just the way it is. Yeah. So, but that's, you know.
1: that's all I, that's all I got for this episode, man. I really hope, uh, you minefielders really enjoyed this and, uh, got a good glimpse of what you should expect. Uh, uh, Tonight, actually, because I'm going to release this on Thursday morning. Uh, <laughs> when you get to watch uh, Picard. Uh, Colin, you got anything to lead us out?
0: Oh, no. I'm very excited to see Picard this week. I'm, glad, I'm so excited to watch it with you. Uh, my friend Leslie, we're going to watch it also. It's one of those things we're probably going to end up watching it multiple times a week. I finally did see more or less all of The Mandalorian. Um, uh, but I'm sorry, everybody. I'm way more excited to see some Star Trek. So Agreed. there you have it. All right. Yeah. I'm going to clock us out. This transmission is uh is over.
1: And this is dangerous. Joshua, Michael, and Colin. Out.